Welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 98. We're definitely getting up there. Uh, this week we have uh, a new voice uh, from Europe, Don or Dan, sorry. Or, some, or something among those lines. Nobody needs to pronounce it correctly in my opinion. But hey, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's uh, it, as usual for late uh, that this this episode's sort of monthly instead of bi-weekly, but uh, well, we're here. We're, we're recording. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're almost at episode 100. I'm, I'm not quite sure yet uh, what I'm going to do for episode 100, but uh, I promise you we'll, we'll organize something special. Uh, always that magical number. Yeah, I got it. Got it for those nice round numbers. It's sort of a tradition. Mm. So uh, we got five games. As usual, and uh, it's your job as the listener to figure them out. Now, Dan does know the games this time, so he will not be playing along. No. But uh, he will be talking. <clears throat> right, Dan? Yeah, I will. All right, then. Okay, well, then uh, let's go into the first request, which is actually uh, from Greg. It's kind of a leftover from when he was on. Ominous there. Yes. Oh. Hmm. I haven't finished this game. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. uh, Maybe we'll talk about why. I haven't finished it for some reason. Um, It it came up my pile. I tried it for a little, and then it came lower down the pile between the things I don't necessarily didn't want to play, but... Lindemann Syndrome, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not reviewing more than that. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit different. How many people you ask if it's worth their time or not their time? But uh, I certainly think it's worth your time. But uh, it didn't hang with me for some reason.
That sure brings back memories. Good ones or bad ones? Um, the first time I heard this music, um, I think I was almost sold at the game because it was so... It, it was on, on the official site for this game, which, of course, mm, I don't remember. And I don't know. I just keep it keep it listen to it in the background and I don't know it, it fills me with good memories thinking about that game and me being excited for it and I don't know it's you know I, I think well I'll, we'll talk about this more later but I, I I think I swore that I wasn't gonna use this game at some point on this show but uh, but uh, I, I do like the soundtrack from this game it's it's not quite what I would have liked but I, I do like the soundtrack Especially this song in particular, I think it's yes. I think it's the best one by far. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, All right. Well, here, here, <laughs> we've given you a lot of hints, but here, here's the hint question. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, what word is the main character seemingly obsessed with during the game's introductory sequence, or at least in the English version? Probably enough of that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think it's pretty obvious what game this is, but uh, you know, we'll try to make this easy for the first game. Uh, this is Metroid Other M for the Wii, a, a very controversial game. Yeah. Um, I actually like the game, aside from a few caveats. Um, I, I didn't have any problem with the general premise of the game or. Or even really the structure of it. I mean, yeah, it's probably a little less exploratory than some other Metroid games. But I, I like the general gameplay. I like the controls for the most part. Um, 
there were some first person aspects that I'm not crazy about but I lived with it but uh, man that dialogue uh, did you play this in English? yeah I I think we had the option of like German, English and the four, three other language I don't can think about at the moment but the thing is um, the game didn't go well with me I played it for like two hours and nah so, so what, what was it about the gameplay that uh, that really turned you off? Um, there was a boss where you have to shoot quite a quite a big amount of rockets too, and okay. I couldn't do it. I went really frustrated after trying like three times, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, and the thing is, I don't have much. Nintendo love in my area, so I couldn't just ask somebody else to help me with this part. Yeah. Um, so the thing of the matter is, because I couldn't finish it, I couldn't continue. Oh, yeah, I, I I do agree. Some of the bosses felt a little unbalanced, partially because of the going into first-person shoot, shooter mode is kind of cumbersome. Yeah. Um, I I don't recall having too much trouble until the very end. There's a there are one or two boss battles that really um, require you to switch back and forth or the, the one at the very very end which is apparently actually easy if you know what to do but I didn't understand what the correct strategy was so I kept dying um, and it's all first person shooter it's kind of almost like a scripted sequence that that uh, is a little bit different from anything else <laughs> in the entire game and it was very frustrating for me because I was not at a save point there's basically the big last battle yeah. and there's sort of a, a final sequence at the end that's sort of another boss battle um, and I couldn't save between those so I was compelled to keep trying this thing that I just couldn't figure out um, and I, I sort of figured out by blind luck and it, I'd say it's akin to kind of the uh, pixel hunt uh, crappy things in the game hmm. um, but uh, yeah it's, it's really a shame there are a few of those those issues with this game because I, I do think that the, the overall you know, running around, exploring, and, and combat's fine. I, I, I enjoyed that. The, the moments I, the moments I tried, I did really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, still, for me, it's one of those games I can really hardly explain why I didn't like it. So I'm almost kind of lost on words with this game. You could say. Well, I, I think a lot of it is the presentation. I, I frankly believe that <clears throat> the very now, I guess I don't really know how to put this. It's very Japanese story, whatever monologues and, and dialogue, which is just so stilted and and, and trite. Um, really, just took took me out of the game. I mean, it's as simple as that. I think if there were no no cutscenes, I would have enjoyed the game a lot more. Absolutely. And, and it's really tragic that I say that. And, and I don't have a problem with voice acting, but the the di- I mean, the baby. I mean, that's the answer to the question. The baby. I, you know, it was a baby's whatever cry because it. <laughs> what, what is the line? There's like an emergency signal sent by the bottle ship, and it's and we call that emergency signal a baby's cry because it has the urgencies of a baby's cry. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> it is bad. I'm sorry. I, and I, I asked you uh, about other languages because I was wondering if the uh, European translations were perhaps slightly less. I... Uh, 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 loyal to the Japanese original dialogue. I've I've 
heard about the German dub because I have very close German friends and they tried that and it said it was fine, so I assume it's more closer to the Japanese dub. Um, but yeah, that's what Germans usually do. Um, because I, I think Americans and British people bring it more to what they believe is a better approach. I see. And German dubs in general are more towards what the European, um, what the, I'm sorry, the Japanese dub had intended with their messages. So I assume it's better. Well, no, the the, the problem. I think most people's complaints about the English version is that it is too close to the Japanese version. Hmm. That that is the complaint is, is that it, it the the well f first off there's some things you can't change in terms of the, you know just the general dialogue and plot line which which is already very st stilted anime style in my opinion but uh, a lot of the I don't know a lot of the sentence structures or or mannerisms of the characters are, are very unnatural at least to I think an American or, or, or British audience very, you know in, in my mind very Japanese and it feels very unnatural I think maybe like you said I think a lot of times with anime and video games there's a little more liberty taken uh, yeah. to make it you know it's localized it to make it better fit the uh, expectations or, or no social norms or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. um and, and yeah, you're right. I, probably Europe does have more little translation. Probably partially because there's more of a culture of multilingual uh, translation, you know, in Europe, and, and so there's sort of probably that expectation that it's it's going to be as as precise as possible. Yeah. So it's probably a partially cultural thing. You're right. A anyway, I, that was my big beef with, with this game was was it just just felt very unnatural to to hear the dialogue. And the thing is, I still trying to enjoy it and I really want to go back to it at some point but uh, it just goes further down that list <laughs> mm. that's a shame yeah. well, I, I, I would not mind seeing them attempt a similar game hmm. in the future you know just clean up the controls and uh, you know some of these problems like you were talking about with the boss battle with the missiles mm -hmm. um, maybe get someone else in charge of the, the story or the script and, uh, and then I think it'd be a really good game. So we'll see if that happens. Maybe uh, someday, hopefully, perhaps. Yeah, I, I I just don't think it was the commercial success they were hoping it to be. So, uh, but Metroid no. never is. <laughs> so, well, Metroid Metroid Two is coming soon to the eShop, so maybe they can uh, catch up on where this whole baby thing started. Yeah, well, Metroid Two isn't the greatest in the series either. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They need to remake Metroid 2, in my opinion. Oh, that will be a good... I think that will be a good idea, yeah. I think that will be a good idea. All right, well, we're going to move on to the second game here. Uh, so, enjoy.
even sure what game which platform this is on <laughs> so don't know which platform this is on and i i do I, i'm joking but uh, from that song it's hard to tell
more kind of uh, pensive music. I, yeah. I apologize for uh, the theme here. Okay, well, here's the question. Uh, so this game utilizes what special sensor for the game's main mechanic? <laughs> This is your game, so why don't you tell the listeners what it is? It is Bokhtai, the sun is in your hand for the Game Boy Advance. So I, I've never actually seen this game in action, but it was certainly discussed a lot uh, the year it was at E3. Um, have you played this game? Yes, I have. I have all of them in the series, so wow. the free for Game Boy Advance, also including the one that only came out in Japan, um, and the fourth one which wasn't called Bakhtai at all here in Europe and America, but called Lunar Knight for some reason. And the main characters also got completely different names and a completely different backstory. Well, I guess Bakhtai didn't do terribly well on the Game Boy Advance if they did that. Um, so, can you give uh, I mean, people a kind of an overview of, of what this game is? Uh, so, uh, your main character in this game is Django, who fights with this uh, solar-powered gun. Um, these use batteries and you use solar energy which you can get from for example solar sensor in the Game Boy Advance also for other means but that was the main uh, feature and key feature of it um, so and that what was used to attack or purify enemies which were known as bugs or the undead um, and you go for different dungeons uh, you fight different types of enemies um, you can also um, store the energy, so when there was no sunlight available, you could use it later. It had used very interesting mechanic and set it up for a very 
interesting series. Um, what was also very interesting about this game, Baktai had an inbuilt clock, uh, which would enable the game to play at different times of the day, and it would also affect directly the gameplay. So it's a little bit like Pokemon, or more yeah. recent Pokemon games. Yeah. So, so this is like a, a dungeon crawler, more or less. Um, not really. You fight more in pixelated environments. There, there's some linearity, but you couldn't say it's most of the time dungeons. There's also um, like um, cities and towns to explore. Okay, but but it's like an overhead. Is it isometric or is it? Uh... It's isometric. Yeah. Okay. So, I what can you liken it to any other games? I mean, is it a little bit like? Zelda, or what does it most closely resemble aside from the you know the solar mechanism? Oh, or is it its own beast? I mean, I, I, I think it's more its own beast, yeah. Um, and this was also from the hands from the well-known producer Hideo Kojima from the Metal Gear series. So that's also an interesting fact for the people who don't know it at home. Um, I, I certainly think up to this day. It, still very holds up so people should really check this one out um, I wouldn't check people out to check Lunar Nights I thought it was a good game it doesn't utilize any sort of solar sensor and that's why they removed the entire Boktai license to it which I find still to this day a very stupid reason um, so if people are interested search for eBay search for this game because it's one of the Game Boy Advance Game Boy fans most precious gems yeah, and it's, and it's one they're probably not going to be like re-releasing on, you know, 3DS Virtual Console. No. Well, they could maybe try to do something with the the cameras to simulate the the solar sensor, but I don't think that would necessarily work terribly well. I I think it would work if you remove the solar sensor aspect altogether, because again, you can get solar energy through other means, okay. but it's not as fun. Yeah. It's a. Uh... I think that the best way to describe Bakta is a stealth game. Stealth game? Yeah. Oh, now I'm not interested. Damn. No? Uh, <laughs> I don't like well, stealth games. Well, then, you should, then I think you should try Bakta 2 because that was more of an action RPG. Okay. So Interesting. Two, those are two different complete games but in the same series. How weird is that? Yeah, that is pretty weird. Yeah. Alright, well, we're going to go on to the third game, which is a request from Jovial Jeffer.
Well, there's a little more action-y song for you guys. Sounds good, yeah. Hmm. was a bit of an eerie song. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be. Hmm. This game leverages technology from which previous game from the same developer? just too generous yeah. alright well I think a lot of people probably figured out the game or, or at least got really close um, based on that last song I think at least they got the license yeah yeah. so this is uh, of course an Adams Family game the question is uh, which one and I, I don't know how many Adams Family games there actually were so uh, there's probably more than one but uh, this is uh, Fester's Quest for the Nintendo Entertainment System and uh, a- actually, the second song is also uh, at least partially taken from the Adams Family TV show. The uh, the part in the beginning goes ba da ba da na 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 na. That's sort of a motif that they use like in uh, the very beginning of the episode, like you know, showing the intro credits and fading into the the scene. So uh, clearly, they did their homework. Uh, Sunsoft did their homework, I should say. So, uh, do you by any chance know what uh, what game this? This sort of borrows from in terms of its engine. Mm, no idea. Well, it's to me, it's pretty clear that it, it borrows its its uh, engine from Blaster Master. Unfortunately, it's the the less uh, enjoyable part of Blaster Master, <laughs> the uh, the shooting parts. Oh, um, yeah. And, and it, it's I mean it's tweaked obviously, uh, but uh, you know the, the gameplay is is Fester walking around with like a gun. 
and uh, you upgrade your gun by whatever, killing guys and then picking up the gun upgrade, which uh, I think it's kind of a linear thing. I don't think it's like he has a variety of them you can choose from. I think it's like a kind of more of like a uh, sequential upgrade. But um, anyway, you're, you're, you're walking around and, and, and you're killing guys, wander aimlessly wandering around. Uh, I guess you're supposed to find the path forward. And, I think I think the premise is something regarding aliens. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure. what, what I know of the game is that you have to fight. I think five big alien bosses, uh, and you have to defeat them, and then you win the game. Excellent. So, yeah. So there's a little bit of wandering around. It's 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 kind of a top down or or maybe kind of three fourths view angle. Um, for those unfamiliar with uh, this game or Blaster Master. So, you know, you walk around, you go up, down, left, right, and you can go into buildings and and uh, whatever, find upgrades. Or I think you have, like, a, a toolbox, basically, and a little bit like Boy in His Blob, actually, in terms of you you wander around aimlessly and you have, like, a, a set number of upgrades that you can, you can buy more of or collect more of, but yeah. um, it's like, you know, you have 10 light bulbs, you have... You know, whatever, 20 TNT boxes or whatever, whatever else Fester has at his disposal. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem quite as obtuse as, as something like the original Boy and His Blob. But um, I'm not sure how good a game it really is. I don't think it's that good, to be really honest. I've heard pretty bad things about it. Um, yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me because it's based on the part of Blaster Master no one really seems to like. I, ju I just looked looked up a random wiki page of Adam's Family Games for some reason. Okay. And Faster's Quest got in most reviews around 50%. Yeah. That's a shame. I guess it was a rare miss for Sunsoft. Because, um, you know, they made a lot of NES games and a lot of them were really good. Yeah. But uh, this this one was a miss. Um, but it's not, I don't think, without any merit. It's interesting. It actually looks pretty good um, in, in terms of like the graphics. But um, gameplay just isn't there. Hmm. So, I don't know. May maybe Jovial Jeffer, uh, you, you can add some thoughts in, in, in the forums. I, I don't know. This used this was on at least once in the live version of Radio Trivia. So th there's some sort of love for this game. I'm not sure if it's misplaced or if it's sort of like a, you know, we knew this was bad, but damn it, we love it anyway kind of syndrome. So um, we're going to go on to the next game. Uh, this was actually requested both by Peter Hindra and Pedro from from the site, Pedro Hernandez. So uh, enjoy. This is actually a, a game I'm, I'm rather fond of as well. So uh, those are your hints.
I bopped the head a little with that song. Yeah, it's it's a fun little song. It's that like synth do uh, instrument is something you really don't hear much anymore. Um, I kind of associate that with uh, like Rugrats, like in the early '90s. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Yeah, it had a lot of that kind of a weird synth vocal, and mm. uh, I, I I'm not sure I really heard that kind of instrument elsewhere, frankly. So. I don't know. That, that just sort of what comes to the top of my head. Um, that's that's not really supposed to be a hint. It really isn't. I'm just making a comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go on to the second song here. Interesting song. Yeah, yeah, fun with sampling. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's your question: <laughs> What is the nefarious organization you are fighting against in this game?
song should jog some memories for anyone who played this game. Did you play this game, Dan? Oh, first say the title. Maybe I will sell afterwards. <laughs> okay. So this is Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime for the Nintendo DS, a game that I'm surprised we haven't used yet, but uh, it's um, it's a fun little game. It's uh, it's uh, obviously it uses the Dragon Quest uh, license, but you play as a slime. It's actually the second in the, in the series. I think the first came out for Game Boy Advance only in Japan. And uh, it, it's... I, I don't know what kind of... I mean, you explore its overhead. And in some ways, it's kind of like Zelda, but not really. I mean, there's some fetch quests, and then the battles are all these mech things where you're running around grabbing ammo that you've collected through the you know through the game or whatever and then like throwing it over the the wall at this other mech or shooting it out of your cannons and uh, you can go down you know down to the bottom floor run out and, and I think the goal is to capture the uh, other mech so you like whatever you damage it and you can go and in, go into the other mech and, and wreak havoc there as well uh, it's been a while since I played the game so I, I don't recall the details of uh, of this mechanic, but basically, you have your mech, which which gets stronger over time, and you face all these other bizarre mechs uh, operated by enemies. And, and there are a lot of funny jokes and a lot of puns in in the kind of the themes for the enemy tanks, basically. I mean, even the the world's name it's Slime Mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Dragon Quest always has that zany humor, and this game really embraces it. Um, yeah. The the uh, organization you're fighting against is is the Plob, which is a a platypus mob, and um, to be honest, I, I think the game is a little culturally insensitive. I, I pointed this out in my review. Uh, I, the na- the naming there's some you know Don Calioni or whatever kind of stuff. Uh, no, Don Claudioni. Pardon me. Um, but they also use the word like when they speak. There's kind of like when our voice samples are kind of like Banjo-Kazooie, like, you know, but it, they use schmuck is what they keep saying. And and so it's like, well, is there sort of Jewish overtones here? And, uh, and, and you know, there's churches that you, they're kind of the center of town uh, for, for the, the the reformed monsters you, you reform over the, over the period of, uh, of, of the game. Basically, your enemies kind of fall to your side and, and we're friendly in the town, and and so and so I I, I kind of question. Uh, sometimes Japan uh, is very oblivious and insensitive to some of this stuff, but um, I think I think Rocket Slime never actually came out in Europe. I think I bought an import copy from an import store a couple of years back, and it's a fun game for sure. And I'm also really looking forward to the new one, which is coming to 3DS. Is that going to be the, that's the third one, right? So there hasn't yeah. been another game since. Two. So okay, so yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how well it did here in America, but I I hope it gets released internationally because I I mean I think it's it's a fun game. It's a clever game. Um, I'm not crazy about every little thing in there. You know, some of the alchemy type stuff I've never really liked in Dragon Quest, um, and, and you're kind of obligated to do some of that in this game, but. Um, Overall, it's it's a fun game, and uh, you know it's developed by Tosei, but this is you know one of their better works in my opinion. So you know, check it out. I, I don't know how how uh, commonplace it is in America or in Japan, but if if you see a 
a copy on a shelf somewhere in a used game store. Uh, check it out. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. The music's good. There's a lot of fun humor. Um, it doesn't really play at all like Dragon Quest. It's it's a pretty different game. You know, it's it's very much more real time action than not so much turn based stuff. So um, it, it's fun. I mean, uh, I'm not sure what else there is to say. It's a very different game, but. I think it's one of the more original games in the entire franchise, so it's definitely worth a look. Yeah. I think the new one also takes place on a boat, by the way. Yeah. Oh, so it's like naval battles instead of, like, mechs? Yeah. Huh. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know if you have to, like, canoe your way over to take the other ship or whatever, but <laughs> that'd be funny. All right. We got sure. one last game here, um, and this is uh, someone I, I selected, so oh. uh, enjoy. anything else to say so I'm just going to move on okay
was a fun little song. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's sort of the way to describe this entire game. So here's the hint for the listeners out there. This game was programmed to take advantage of which Super Nintendo peripheral? That's it. This is Game & Watch Gallery, the first one. Well, sort of the first one for, for Game Boy. Um, I, I say sort of because there was actually a precursor uh, released in Europe only. I, I don't, Dan, I, have you played the, the predecessor to the Game & Watch Gallery series? I don't remember if it's called Game & Watch Collection or or, or what, but... What is, it, what is it called again? Um, I'd have to look I, it up. I, 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 do know think what, I do know think what you're talking about, but... Uh... I can't remember if I played it or not. It has been a couple of years. I think I have all the handheld ones, but I don't know if... It, it, is, is it part of that series? Is it the handheld game? Yeah, it was released uh, for Game Boy, but it was... Before, I mean, so there, there were four Game & Watch Gallery games that were yeah. released uh, internationally throughout, uh, throughout the regions. But mm-hmm. before that, there was, um, there was Game Boy Gallery. That's what it was called. And... Uh, it's essentially the same idea, but it was only released in Europe and Australia. Um, hmm. So, I, I don't know what all the differences are. I don't think it was as full-featured as uh, the Game & Watch Gallery series, but um, it was sort of a predecessor. It was almost like a Pathfinder. Uh, I, yeah, I have it here. I just found it in my collection here, Game Boy Gallery. Um, 
which includes ball, uh, cement factory, manhole, and vermin. I think it also has Flagman in there. Maybe it's an unlockable. Um, yeah, Flagman is there as well, yeah. Yeah, so it's... it's uh, I, I can't talk to the original Game Boy one, but the, the Game & Watch Gallery has kind of classic and modern modes. And um, this is true of, of all the Game & Watch Gallery games that were released in America and Japan. And uh, yeah, and the, and the classic mode is very much a reproduction of, of the old, you know, black and white LCD, you know, Mr. Game & Watch style games. And, and the modern versions spruce it up a little, add, add a little more to the game mechanics, and, and they uh, update the graphics with uh, the Mario characters and, and Mario themes. So um, I didn't play the original, which actually was just released for a virtual console recently on 3DS. But I certainly enjoyed the second and third in the series. I think have you ever played the fourth one? No, I have not. Oh, that, that, that was my favorite. It's almost like a, a redux, right? It's like a remix of all of the Game and Watch Gallery games, right? Uh, I think yeah, most of them are included in that package, and most of the modern version in in that game are pretty cool. Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much they changed the modern versions for Game and Watch Gallery Four. They were pretty much, they were, um, there were unlockable classic games, which you could only play in classic mode. The, the, I think the classic games were in four were Manhole, Topical Fish, Mario Bombs Away, Parachute, Bomb Sweeper, and a few others. There were much more in four. Um, but the, the good thing about four was, is that the modern versions like Fire, I've played Fire a lot on that version. Uh, Mario Cement Factory was the ultimate version of that as well. Uh, Duncan Jr. was reduxed. It, I think um, Game of Watch Gallery 4 was the ultimate version of that game. And well, I think 3 for the Game Boy Color played the most, but 4 was yeah. definitely the best because it has two-player play, the Game Link features, it had mm. unlockable titles. It was more of a best-of collection. I see. Yeah, I, I never played four because I had already played two and three to death. But by that time, I was, I don't need any more of this, you know. <laughs> Especially since some of those were, you know, the same as what I already owned from two and three. So, but um, I, I found it weird that they're really. It's kind of ironic they're releasing Game and Watch Gallery games on the D, on the 3DS because it's cramming. Often cases, it's simulating two screens and it's cramming it all into, you know, original Game Boy form factor. Mm-hmm. When they have two screens on the on the DS, but Nintendo doesn't seem interested in, in creating a new Game and Watch Gallery. Well, they have that... all those games separately up as DSiWare, so. Yeah, exactly. They think they could milk it, but by giving you far less for and, your money. In the European eShop, you can find on the front page right now. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, yeah, it's like once the DS came out, oh, we can release these classic Game and Watch games as like, you know, Nintendo. Um, you know, exclusive loyalty program, and uh, it, to me, it just seemed very lazy. Which we never got here in Europe. We never got those games. Which uh, I think there's a good reason for that. Yeah, I mean, you got more real estate. I know you already remade the Game Boy Advance, just sort of the 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 best version of it. But if they remade it again and used both screens, that that would warrant a purchase potentially. Some of this other stuff, I'm not so sure. Now. Get granted, the Game and Watch Gallery re-releases for 3DS are are really cheap, so you know maybe that's the right way to go. 
I think if if they ever do Game Boy Advance stuff, they should definitely release it Gallery 4 because again, it's the ultimate version of that game. Yeah, it, it would certainly make the other ones obsolete on the service. So. I have the full list here now. Uh, so the games that were included in 4 was, was as new games were Fire, Boxing, Wayne Shower, Mario Cement Factory, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Chef, Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, Octopus and Fire Attack. And then classic games were Manhole, Topical Fish, Mario Bombs Away, Parachute, Bomb Sweeper, Climber, Safe Buster, Lifeboat, and Zelda. Now is that the is Zelda? Is that like the really small little watch one? That's sort of like a dungeon, or is it the more side-scrolly type? Uh, according to the information, it was um. Hmm, let me see. I, I, it's probably the side-scrolling one, because I. Yeah, it was the it was the side-scrolling one. Yeah. Yeah, because because the watch I don't think was marketed as a game and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a completely different thing. Uh, anyway, we should probably talk about the, the list from the original Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Game & Watch Gallery. So in in this game, there is Manhole, Fire, Octopus, and Oil Panic. O- only four games, and I don't... Yeah. I don't. I guess there aren't any unlockables. It's only four games. So it's, no. it's clearly not as good a value, although certainly it, it's the same quality as the other Game & Watch Gallery games. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fun series. Nothing really... Sophisticated. It's very much sort of an arcade high score uh, kind of a game, but uh, it's good for short bursts. And, and now that you have a save state, um, you know, thanks to Virtual Console, that that uh, you know the ability to stop it, and hibernate it, and come back to it really does add to the the games. because um, yeah. often you really don't want to play that same game for hours on end. I mean, they're pretty simple games. They're fun, but they're simple. This was also the first time they actually really introduced Mr. Game and Watch in uh, Game and Watch Gallery. Yeah, it's true. It was sort of his his coming back, mm-hmm. uh, his his uh, the reintroduction to the public consciousness. Um, but yeah, that's that's Game and Watch Gallery. Uh, I think it's what four dollars. I think in America, three ninety nine. Yeah, not a bad deal still, even though there isn't that much. Um, and, and, and yeah, the game still holds up. It's uh, it, and if you're really interested in all of them, are really good. So go start with one, and if that really interests you, gear, go look for the others. It's a very yeah. interesting series. Unfortunately, uh, there is no uh, Super Game Boy support for 3DS. No, um, no, this game actually did use the Super Game Boy for for additional colors, and uh, that fell by the wayside on, on these re-releases. Unfortunately, I think that's kind. Of- a bit disappointing. Yeah, but that clearly that's the case because you know Donkey Kong '94 doesn't have that either. So no. it is. I guess they just felt like it wasn't worth their while, or they thought, well, this is a portable. We want to recreate the portable experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows what the rationale was? Anyway, that's gonna wrap up uh, this episode. So uh, thank you, Dan, for co-hosting. No problem. And. Um, if you have any any game requests, you can send them in to me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com or you can use the online form, which is linked in every episode of this podcast. And uh, once again, episode 100 is coming up fairly shortly. Um, so uh, look forward to that. That's two episodes away now. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Metroid, Other M is copyright 2010 Nintendo. Boktai, The Sun is in Your Hand is copyright 2003 Konami. Festers Quest is copyright 1989 Sunsoft. Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime is copyright 2005-2006 Armor Project, Bird Studio, Square Enix, Koichi Sugiyama. Aim and Watch Gallery is copyright 1997 Nintendo. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah. But, uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll talk about why after the episode. <laughs> the episode, I'm sorry. Man, I'm tired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You have to reveal what game it is, is, is actually what I need to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't, though. Just saying I haven't finished it for some reason. Here's a question. What? Uh, that was the question. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs>